Hi there, I'm Roz Asheroff, and welcome to my podcast, hitting a home run in a virtual job interview. The new normal no longer exists. I call it the next normal, and it's going to make things instantly antiquated, especially in the area of job interviewing. We may not know what tomorrow brings, but you could be certain it will change how interviews are being conducted. Preparing yourself for these changes can be challenging, but it also could be revitalizing. It will require you to really assess how do you come across, how do you showcase your skill sets, and how do you differentiate yourself. It's also going to depend on how you come across in this new virtual world of on-camera presence. And it is not going away. It's going to depend more on how the interviewers experience you, not just from the words that you're saying, but from your vocal projection and to your social warmth. In addition, I'm going to complicate matters and say it's how you showcase your past attributes. How are you able to frame your natural strengths and values to the future of your present company or to the company you aspire to work for? It's going to depend on how you manage to show up and articulate your value proposition, not with just words, but your passion and authenticity. So to speak on this topic, I am so excited to have Ray Kiraziz back again. She is the Global Vice President of Field Transformation and Readiness at SAP. Ray's been hiring people from all over the world of 68 countries. She's hired over 1,500 people, and she is here today to share her wisdom. Ray, let's have a conversation. Help us to understand how does someone start off in the right foot in a job interview in the next normal? Thank you so much, Roz. And it is such an important question as you know, many people are searching for jobs right now. For me, the very first most important thing is preparation. And we've always focused on preparation in job interviews. Now is preparation is more important than ever. Preparing, doing your research. What is it that you're excited and energized about this job opportunity? Who, if you know the person that you uh, are going to be interviewing with, what are some of the things that they care about? Whatever preparation you can do, the research you do to come to this conversation in a really relevant and thoughtful way, that is the first and most important step in being engaging and relevant in an interview in a virtual setting. You know, Ray, to your point, you're suggesting that we do our homework. What if you don't know the person? Or what if someone knows the person, but you don't have that relationship? How do you get to know how to build that instant rapport with someone? Well, first of all, you can use social media. If you're able to find this person on social media and just study, what are the articles? Wh- who are they following? What are the articles that they're reading? What are their, the likes that they're you know, putting out on social media? I think using the social media platforms as a way to get some insight and intelligence 
also finding out who you might know that perhaps knows that person. And what I've seen over and over across the world is how incredibly people reach out to me all the time. Do you know this person? How can you help me get prepared for a conversation with this person? And there's just a lot of creative approaches that we can leverage when we really put our mind to it to to get prepared. I have a question for you. What would it be? And I've always thought about this in terms of job interviews. If you know that individual uh, is very much involved in the social media and they post blogs, would it be an idea before you even meet with them to maybe reply to their blog, add a comment or two? Is anything pre-work in terms of meeting them beforehand in, in uh, online? What are your thoughts? Or going into LinkedIn? Yes, all of that is definitely a great idea. Commenting on a blog post, uh, writing, sometimes even writing in mails to people write me in mails all the time on LinkedIn. You know, Ray, I'm, we're going to be having a call or meeting in two weeks, and I'm just really looking forward. Whatever you can do to personalize the interaction before helps to create a warm entry and build more empathy. You know, and this really leads to the second point, finding a way to create some connection and there's not always going to be a way. And whatever you can do to get some empathy and connection going with that person is definitely going to support a more productive interview conversation. Ray, I'm very curious to know what happens because we know now that a lot of interviews are being conducted on Zoom platforms. What if you get a sense that the interviewer almost looks like you're wasting their time? Do you have any tips on how do you create perhaps some kind of rapport or get them interested in what you have to say? Yeah, we have all faced those challenging um, moments where things don't feel right. And, you know, certainly in a Zoom environment, it's even more challenging. Depending on the situation, what I appreciate is sometimes people just say, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling like we're not connecting or maybe there's a, a sense that uh, of being distracted. Is there some, can we just take a time out from the conversation? Just speak it, speak what the person is feeling. Mm -hmm. And what I love when people do that with me is number one, they're being attuned to the conversation. So many times, what I would say is a worst practice if things aren't feeling right is to keep going in the face of it not feeling right. And and stepping over that intuition or that instinct is actually not helpful. Taking a pause and calling it out, maybe asking a question. You know, I, I'm, I'm feeling something might not be clear. What is happening for you? Do you have a question? How, how can we, um, you know, keep moving forward in a productive way in this conversation? What, what would be most helpful? It is a great question to ask. Ooh. So either call it out. I'm not feeling that we're uh, connecting. Perhaps there's a, a question or, or something in the unspoken. I, I'd love to just pause. Or 
asking the person what would be most helpful if you're not feeling comfortable just saying what is it that would be most important for this uh, for you to understand about me in this interview I love that I have another question often in interviews they'll say tell me a little bit about yourself do they really want to know my life story what do I need to focus on to create a very compelling elevator pitch in a very condensed time frame yeah a condensed elevator pitch is really important and this goes back to research when i ask that and i don't actually use that question too often but some interviewers definitely will use that question what i like to be prepared with my elevator pitch is something that's very relevant to the job so let's say that we're interviewing for a sales role so what when i say tell me a little bit about yourself I want to know, maybe it's not spoken in the unspoken. I want to know in the context of the job I'm interviewing you for, what is it that I should know about you? Oh, you've had a track record of selling it for five years. What do you like about sales? What are some of your accomplishments? How many years did you make your quota? So starting with something that's a little more focused based on the job that you're interviewing for would be my strongest advice uh, on that one. Is there a difference in interviewing based on country, given your international experience? Mm, Definitely, uh, there is a difference across the world. In more direct communication cultures, Germany, Netherlands, the United States, be very direct, be very transparent, and answer the question that is asked. If somebody asks you, tell me about your sales track record, answer that question as specifically and succinctly as you possibly can. What is for me, and I've experienced this around the world, a trigger no matter all over the world, if you answer way more than the question that's being asked, I call this the blah, blah, Getting into the blah, blah in an interview (laughs) is definitely not a best practice. And I think also looking at the body language, if you you sometimes we don't look at the micro expressions of someone, but maybe that would be telling when they're getting distracted. Absolutely. Um, Regarding other countries, for example, in the more indirect communication cultures across China and Asia, for example, there may be some some questions that are asked that perhaps more indirect responses are are okay and appropriate based on that uh, the communication culture in those countries so know the country that the person that you're interviewing with is from you know are they native to that country are they based in that country and understanding that there are communication nuances based on all the different cultures and being appropriate in Latin America, for example, building rapport, you know, Latin Americans love the energetic hugging and kissing. It's very hard for them in the Zoom virtual world because they are a very kinesthetic culture and that connection with people is is part of their way of of building rapport and and building a uh, a meaningful conversation 
So taking some more time in Latin America, for example, to do some more rapport building versus in other um, parts of the world where you might just write, get straight to the point. It's, it's really to do your homework. I, I keep on hearing that message from you, which is so important. I know I had the opportunity to work with a team uh, last week from Russia, and just the rapport building mm. at the beginning was very different than when I was working with uh, a group of people from Shanghai. So doing the homework, uh, sometimes, and I don't know if it's appropriate a job interview, but I always like to say, what's, what's unique about your culture? Just to get some rapport building at the beginning of a conversation. Uh, I find that it helps me to feel more relaxed if I have some kind of small talk, but not to take over the interview. What happens, Ray, though, one of the biggest concerns I hear from my clients when they're going for the job interview is they're really uncomfortable, perhaps I call it tooting your own horn or boasting without looking pretentious. What's the best way to be able to talk about your achievements with, you know, feeling more confident and comfortable and natural? Yeah. The best experience that I have is when people come again prepared, do your homework, with outcomes, business impact. Talking about, I've worked on this project team, and this is what we accomplished, and this is how we accomplished. So what and how has been accomplished by that person, both in an individual contributor capacity or in teamwork? That, to me, is extremely impactful. I'm also listening for their strengths. What are the things that they naturally enjoy and that they're naturally good at? And again, depending on the role that somebody's interviewing for, I want people on my team who are going to be able to work in their strengths to be successful. What I've found over and over and over is that square peg, round hole, when, when we hire someone because maybe we like them or we had a really good connection with them, and then we get deeper into it and we realize that their strengths aren't a match for the job and they have to overcompensate by doing things that might not be natural for them, it's just not a good fit for them in that role. And especially in this virtual world, Everybody's being called to conserve energy, to be more mindful of their energy. So you really want to search out roles and opportunities that are going to be a great match for your strengths so that you can be naturally working and connecting with your best self to deliver the results and outcomes that are expected in the role. That certainly gives someone a sense of fulfillment when they're a good match for the role. What happens if you're in an interview and you don't know the answer? This is a really common situation. And we emphasize in our interviewing growth mindset, we're looking for people that have resilience, that have the ability to say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that. Would it be okay with you if I got back to you tomorrow with the answer? I much prefer to hear someone 
tell the truth than make up a story. Making up stories never works in interviews. So be direct, be transparent, be vulnerable. You know what? I don't know the answer to that question. I'll come back to you with one though. And would it be appropriate for them to send an email the next day with what they discovered? Absolutely. That's another indicator of, you know, in character. And we're always looking to hire people that have strong integrity. They do what they say they're going to do. They follow up in the time frame that they agreed to follow up in. So I love that opportunity in an interview for people to actually show me what they got. Do what you say. Exactly. I often say if I don't know the question someone's asking me, I, I simply say that's a question I hadn't anticipated. Would you be open if I follow up with you later? And people really yeah, seem yeah. that it's okay. I wanted to go back to how you toot your horn, because even for myself, I, I'm an entrepreneur, but I feel like I'm in a job interview very often because people want to know more about me. And I've tried to use this concept, and tell me if it works in a job interview. When someone says, hey, Roz, why should we hire you? I'd like to give some testimonial perhaps of past clients of what they said, would it be appropriate to say if I were going into a specific job interview, Ray, to say, here's what my business partners have said, here's what my last boss has described me in terms of my personal leadership. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. That is such a great way to um, bring a proof point. So anything you can do to be credible and bring a proof point to the conversation, in my experience, is is very valuable. I, I like to use testimonials because for me especially, I don't want to come across too overconfident, but I do want to be able to show my attributes. I have another question for you. I got lots to ask you with all your wisdom. How do you identify when someone is disingenuous in a job interview situation where you're just not getting that authenticity from the person interviewing you? Yeah. I, you know, what comes to my mind when you ask that question is people who speak in hypotheticals. That's always an antenna for me that why is this person giving me a hypothetical um, situation versus a concrete example. And what I tend to emphasize with um, everybody when I'm interviewing is I want to know specific examples. And to me, you can cut through a lot of noise with people. So let's say, for example, let me give you a, a specific. I'm interviewing for teamwork. In, in the roles that I hire for, teamwork is super important. If somebody is talking hypothetically about teamwork, I'm going to say, thank you. I appreciate that. Tell me a specific example that you've had in the last 12 months working on a team or where teamwork was vital for an outcome of a project that was happening. So what I tend to do is, is redirect pretty quickly. I don't have a lot of patience for hypotheticals and uh, get somebody really focused on the concrete and specific examples that they can give of how they did that. Sometimes 
especially for introverts, I would imagine it's more challenging to be in a webcam interview. Is there any yeah. tips for those individuals that aren't naturally comfortable in front of the camera? Practice, 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 practice with three different people. Get on a Zoom meeting with a family member, a good friend, you know, just interviewing as an introvert can be really challenging. And so the more that you get comfortable and, and get your energy in the place where you can be your best self, you probably know Amy Cuddy, for example. For sure. Amy Cuddy's done br brilliant research on power pose. And what I would say, if you're an introvert and it's you know, uncomfortable to get on camera and have an interview, go uh, listen to Amy Cuddy's TED Talk, get in your power pose, practice with two or three people before the interview, and that will just make it much more um, comfortable once you get into the meeting, and you'll appear less nervous, and you'll be more at ease in answering the questions that are, are coming in the conversation. I really like the idea of rehearsing, which is what you're saying. And what I do even for upcoming speeches, I'll go on Zoom and I'll record myself for a few minutes and then play it back to see how I came across. I think that's really helpful. The more you could rehearse and not be critical, because I, I think that we get so self-critical looking at ourselves at Zoom. I sometimes yeah. say we don't need enemies. We do a good enough job ourselves. What about listening? I know that when you're in an interview, there's always that temptation to want to answer the question before they finish it. We get anxious around it. How do we practice to be a better listener? I, I would imagine it's essential in a job interview. Mm, listening is so important. Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, <clears throat> we have uh, built a muscle called level five listening. Level five listening is uh, there's a you can go research it on the Internet. The six levels of listening. The first three levels of listening are all about me, 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 me. When you get to level four, you're listening to somebody's content. Level five is getting into the feeling. <clears throat> and my suggestion is to actually practice listening in that level five, getting into that feeling of what's being communicated beyond the words. So that's the first thing to be really present and be able to be really thoughtful in the answers that you're giving. So level five listening is listening to the emotion, listening to the feeling. In addition, one of the most impactful dialogue skills that really show me when I'm interviewing somebody that they are really listening is they say, Ray, let me see if I got that right. So what you're asking me is to share an example of when teamwork really made a difference in delivering the outcome. And I'll say, yes, that's exactly what I'm interested in. That simple rephrase of what I, the question that I asked shows me their intention. It shows me their sincerity and their being present and the fact that they really want to make sure they're answering the right question. 
I like that because it gives people a chance to think about it when they reframe it or rephrase it, correct? Absolutely. And it also, I've heard this from many interviewers, it can be a real trigger if somebody goes off and answers the wrong question. Mm. And when somebody gets into that blah, blah, if they're answering the question that was not the question that you asked, you're like, hang on, that wasn't what I said. So yeah, rephrasing is very helpful. Sometimes I'll say to someone when they ask me a question, I'm not 100% sure. I'll say this question is too important for me just to answer. I want to be sure that I'm giving you the content that you need just to qualify it. And I do believe that they appreciate it. I find pausing is very difficult when you're anxious. And what do you do when you're in a panel interview on a Zoom calls? Let's say you have five or six people and someone asks you a question. Do you have the secret sauce for being able to make everyone feel included in your reply? Oh, that's a good one, Roz. You know, one of my best uh, skills that I've learned this year in being in so many Zoom meetings is really using eye contact and really connecting, even though you're looking at the little light in your laptop, the video, you know, eye contact just really helps to build a connection, even though you can't really see that person and you're staring at a light in your laptop, eye contact helps. What I might also suggest is if, you know, one of three people asks the question, do the rephrase, let me make sure I understand this question, do the rephrase, answer the question, and then address the other two people after the question, or ask, I'd first address the person that asked the question and then specifically by name address the other two people. What else would be helpful in answering that question from your perspective? I love that. Just love what you said. Ray, you have shared so much wisdom. I don't know if I've missed asking any questions that would give anything else to our listeners. Your pearls of wisdom have really, for me, touched on the very core of what makes someone successful in a job interview. But I know people want more from you. So anything else that people could take and embrace in that next interview, because it's sure to come soon. Times are changing, and I don't believe there's any one that is secure 100% in their roles, and opportunities come with change. Thoughts? I would close about virtual presence. So virtual presence, whether you're in a phone interview or a Zoom meeting, that's your voice, your eye contact, your gestures, and your energy. Prepare. Practice for delivering a great virtual presence. People will feel it, whether they can see you or not. You know, practicing, practicing, practicing all those dimensions of your virtual presence will bring forth a greater impact and a greater authenticity. 
Ray, once again, thank you so much. I love the last word you left us with is authenticity. And that's really what we really have to always honor, being who we are. Thank you so much. And I wish you much continued success. And congratulations on the difference you make to so many people. Thank you, Raz. It's always a pleasure to be together with you. Take care. And thank you all for listening to this podcast. All my information is available at asheroff.com, Instagram, also on LinkedIn. Listeners can email me at contactus at asheroff.com. If you're interested in customized virtual training, executive presence, communication, leadership, remote team building, please reach out to Kathy with a C at kathy at asheroff.com, who will be absolutely delighted to set up a call. Until next time, I'm Roz Asheroff. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe.